All right, we're official, fellas. All righty, so today is the first episode of the uh, California Girls Wrestling Podcast. I'm Richard Ramos, creator of Somar Wrestling. Uh, I'm going to let everybody kind of introduce themselves. I'm a wrestling coach for uh, Cerritos High School currently. I run Somar Wrestling. Uh, our elite team is a Somar Select. I've uh, been a dad, a coach, a long time in California. So I started wrestling in 88. So, and then I've been coaching since 2002. Uh, next is Josh. Josh, go ahead. All right, I'm Josh, uh, high school coach at Esperanza High School uh, down in Southern California, uh, club coach at Academy of Wrestling. Been wrestling since 12 years old. Uh, have a son and a daughter. Oh, in high school. Alrighty, next is Patrick Colmer. Hey, I'm Pat Colmer. Uh, didn't wrestle very well in high school. Got four kids. They're not very good at wrestling, but I like these other guys, so I hang out with them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next is Mario DiBurrito. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mario DiBenedetto, uh, Swamp Monsters Wrestling Club. Uh, I've got a daughter that wrestles. Uh, I've got a sixth grade daughter that also wrestles. And uh, uh, I'm right about everything. And, and of course, the best for last, Mr. Stir It Up himself, Mr. Richard Valdivia. Valdivia, I'm basically a nobody, but I love to stir shit up. So, And he's good at it. On what's going on, what I've been hearing. All the rumors, all the drama that no one wants to talk about, I'll bring it up. All right. So, uh, Rich, if you could turn your, your mic up a little bit, please. So, everybody, make sure your mics are turned up. I'd rather be able to turn them down later. All right. So, basically, we have several topics we're going to uh, go over on this first episode. This is a rough cut. So, none of us are pros at this. Absolutely none of us. So, uh, just a couple of guys who like wrestling. Like girls wrestling in California. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and give it a go. All right. So first of all, Fargo updates. It's Fargo weekend. It started. Cadets started this weekend. Uh, California, again, had a very good showing. Gosh, you got any numbers for us in terms of how we did? Yeah, we had uh, – Valdivia had the exact number how many girls we entered, but we had 19 All-Americans. One – Thirty-three cadets, I believe, that entered, and it was nineteen All-Americans. Nineteen All-Americans. Uh, one champion, Cheyenne Bowman. Uh, three seconds, Charlotte Kumjurian, I think is how you say her last name, something like that. Uh, Katya Osteen at one sixty-four, and Adelina Parra at one eighty. All got second. Nice. All right, and a lot of girls in there putting in work. Some of those girls are kind of surprises. Um, kind of interesting. Some of them didn't necessarily even place in California state, but they go out on the national level and they, uh, they do big things. So that's, that's a fun thing to see. I think, I don't know if that says a lot about California state in terms of how tough that is, but you know, we'll get to that later, but good job. Uh, California USA wrestling and those girls out there putting in work. Uh, anybody super surprised about how dominant Bowman was? Yeah, I think we're all pretty much uh, in an no. uh, agreement. She just really went out there. I don't think anybody made it past the first period, right? No. no. I don't think anybody she made it out. She didn't get scored on, did she? I don't believe she did, no. Yeah. Well, kinda... She hurt her knee and ankle somehow. It couldn't have been wrestling because she only wrestled like two minutes the whole weekend. <laughs> but it had to have been in warm-ups or something because it wasn't wrestling. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, run into the refrigerator to get some food. <laughs> well, she did go up a weight class, I think, after that uh, bad weight at the Worlds where she missed weight. Uh, I think she really had to go out there and prove herself. Well, not that she had to to California, but I think nationally, you know, we'll get into, you know, where she ranked and stuff like that. But definitely a kid that's not afraid to get out there and scrap it up. You know, she's been chasing Gracie all year. 
they had yeah, a at any weight class too. I don't, I don't think it matters. She cut the weight, don't cut the weight. She's gonna she's gonna dominate. It's it's not really an issue of what weight she's going. Yeah, but she was just as dominant at uh, in Irvin, Texas, also. So that was pretty good. Um, Osteen dropped the match to the girl she lost to in Irving, also, uh, kind of in the same way. You know, the, uh, that girl gets that double leg. Osteen was doing a good job of keeping the hand down for a little bit, but um, not super, uh, not a whole lot different. You know, overall in that in that matchup, um, Para looked. Uh, she kind of did. Kind of went for a bad throw in the beginning. Did you guys catch that? Two of them. Uh, yeah, gave up two though on it, but it was on her back and fought herself off. So then she did it again. Oh, gosh, and she had a good front headlock, I mean, ready to score. And then she goes over under and tries the lat drop, going for the home run. Yeah, so I'm sure the coach is, uh, you know, a little frustrated with that because she's she's experienced, she's she's been around for a long time. I think she maybe just the nerves got the best of her, but um. Yeah, there was a couple things, though, I, I saw with the California team that I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the approach. Um, we got you know, some bad moves like that, which isn't really part of the coaching, but girls trying to hit gut wrenches and stuff like that, and they, they just didn't look ready for it. They didn't look like it was something that they should be trying to go to on their turn, and they got stepped over. It's almost like they don't wrestle enough freestyle. Oh, oof, yeah. I mean, what is enough freestyle? I mean, that that's another question we'll have to... Uh, ask everybody like is the whole folk style freestyle thing you know but mario what do you think do you think that the rest of the country is catching up to us uh you know <clears throat> i think it's pretty apparent the rest of the country is catching up to us i i don't think they've caught up quite yet you know when when we're at our full strength california still has all the big guns um but i think it's apparent um illinois sent how many girls did they send 10 girls 12 girls and eight of them all american you know what I mean? The, the, it's just that I, I think that, that we're dominating because of numbers. We're sending out 30 girls, 35 girls, and, and that's why we're getting so many All-Americans. <clears throat> we're, we're, we've become a quantity over quality type of state, and that's what's kind of keeping us at the top. Well, and uh, it seems like the other states are catching up. You have Nevada that sent four girls, and they placed 10th. For me, that's impressive. You know what I mean? As opposed to sending 30-some-odd girls. These girls, f four girls, and they placed in the top. How many, how many did Nevada send to Worlds? <clears throat> Cadets? Two? Yeah, they have, they have a couple tough girls out there. Bam! <laughs> yeah. Don't sleep on my girl Morgan Norris. She's from Nevada, and she is a hitter, 100% hitter. They got some tough girls out there. Uh, I don't know. You, I mean... Uh, <clears throat> Guys, are, I'm not like trying to be the old oak in the room, but um, your daughters are all in college. My, or, sorry, in high school. My daughters are my daughters already graduated college. I've been around for a while. I remember when California. Not that we don't have the depth or the, or the quality, because some of our quality just didn't show, didn't go. You know, uh, Candice Corleo, Aleda Martinez, Gracie Figueroa. I mean, there's a laundry list. I mean, and, and Quite there, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, some girls, some states same thing but i mean we really got some girls that are finalists or, or champions that that aren't going and I got, I got a question for you ramos yeah is it because uh, maybe 10 years ago there wasn't very many girls opportunities especially nationally and now we've got you know almost every national tournament has girls brackets do you think it's just uh something they've they, they put their efforts towards other things or 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 what um, I think some of that's true. I mean, but then you're looking at the time when, like, Victoria Anthony, uh, Tatiana Padilla, um, Alex Gomez, um, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting Audrey's uh, maiden name. She was out uh, in Moreno Valley area. Cat um, Perez. You know, we had deep teams that were just hammers. Uh, Sam Lopez, you know, where, yeah, the difference in wrestling was different because wrestling evolves. Um, I think some of these other states, though, they have coaches that work with the team, I think, all year. I mean, Wisconsin has Coach Black out there. He's doing an amazing job. You go to Irvin, Texas, and you watch Wisconsin's girls move, just move in position and stance. Man, it's impressive. And they are well coached. You know, we we dropped the match to a girl in the finals in Irving. And that girl, if we had wrestled her that day, we might have had a better shot, but she had us just... She was coached perfect. She, she knew exactly what to do as she did it. 
And Wisconsin does a great job. Illinois does a great job. Pennsylvania is catching on board. Uh, yeah. Numbers are big, as usual. But I'm curious. I haven't done the homework yet. But when all is said and done, we'll have to sit down and say, okay, well, let's take the top two in each weight class, even the top one, make it fair to everybody, and see how we would do if we actually just went off our top ones. Well, I think we're doing – with California girls are doing what Illinois boys are doing. We're literally, they're trying to send as many as possible and they're going to, they're getting their three from each state and they're going to all the regionals and they're flooding it and they're winning just on pure numbers. They're good, but they're not, those Illinois guys are not winning NCAA titles. The Ohio Pennsylvania guys are winning those NCAA titles. But those, like, are, those are individuals though. I mean, they, they always have, they always Years? Illinois just had a handful of their boys in the Cadet World Championships. I'm just yeah, saying. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, duels, you know, yeah. and that's the heads up, and they're they're hammering, dude. That team, they got an impressive system out there. They really do. The international styles in Illinois, their boys, dude, they run game, freestyle, and Greco. They they put it down. Yeah. So I don't know. I I I think the mindset I think of of the kids going to Fargo too is a little different. I know. Like when my daughter first scratched the surface of making the team, it was it was something. It meant something to be on that team, you know. And there was there wasn't necessarily camps, but there was workouts. You know, they had a Southern California workout, they had a Northern California workout, and everybody came in, everybody worked out. And I don't know if it's the high school coaches. I don't know if it, like what is it that's keeping these girls from working out together, or this is the structure too. Maybe the structure because it's not there. It's only. One Fargo camp, maybe one other workout, and then that's pretty much and I it. Know, and I know this is going to sound like the common excuse and the go-to and everything, but a lot of the times we're not sending our best kids. We're sending our kids that can afford the $1,200 plus trip, you know, so it's it's – a lot of times it comes down to dollar and cents. The closer you are to Fargo, the cheaper it is to send kids. I know New York threw their girls on a bus. You know what I mean? We don't have that luxury. Um, there was an instance. There was an instance that happened in Texas – a while back and, and uh, with a coach and an athlete. And at that point, I think a lot of states were like, Boop, no more buses. You know, we want to minimize that as much as possible. Um, and, uh, you know, we just don't want those risks, you know, and, and for good or for bad, you know, it's just not worth it for them to save a couple bucks. But uh, there's always that, that discussion too. Is, is there a way to make Fargo cheaper? You know, I mean, yeah, don't have it in Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other show, man. Yeah, it's a whole other show because it's expected yeah. for everybody else to get to wherever else it's going to be. But, um, but still, okay. move to Bakersfield. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing going on there. But, um, but I mean, the, the thing too is like, like I said, the mentality is different. You know, it meant something to the girls to represent California. You know, the rivalry between Texas and California was bitter, you know, downright bloody. Those girls, you know, they'd be on, on certain floors and California would be on other floors. And there was, there was tension as soon as they showed up and those girls, they were all high level, you know? And again, I don't know if it's, uh, the girls not getting together. I don't know if it's not the cross training. That's Let me thing. ask you this. Do, yeah. do you think it was, uh, the, the removal of the duels had anything to do with it? Some of these girls are like, Hey, they just took out half the wrestling. Maybe that's why we're not getting all the girls there. I, I'm not saying that is, do you think that's had anything to do with it? Well, the other thing is, is was it having the duels there that caused the girls not to have as much fun? Because the thing I've been hearing from girls, you know, on the national trip in Oklahoma is, I'm so sore. I'm not having any fun, especially these cadets that are good. They're wrestling cadet and placing, junior placing and coming close to placing, and then wrestling five, six duels. And, you know, that's wrestling way more than they're used to going to a little weekend tournament every once in a while, you know. Do duels anymore? They do duels. They do them separate though. They put them with the boys. So now you're looking at another probably minimum five to seven hundred dollar trip. And I mean, Fargo's already. I mean, they said it was cheaper this year, but I, from what I heard, Josh, you sent your daughter. It was back up to twelve hundred bucks again. Plus, it, it was actually twelve hundred forty dollars plus the fees. Who, plus spending. Who's the duels for? The coaches, the state, the kids, state bragging rights, I guess. Right, right the state yeah i mean that, that was a big thing with my daughter you know i mean when she was there she was super pumped up to be wrestling for her state she was super pumped up to like to face texas the girls knew like going against texas that's you know that was it but now you got washington you got new york 
Um, so now it's it's I, to me it'd be even better to have the duels there. But I get it. It's a long week. The girls are wrestling a lot. It's not fair to expect them to be able to bang it out that much. But, but then, but then the boys have two styles. So the boys can show up and wrestle freestyle and Greco. Uh, you know what I mean? There's, it's not it's not necessarily an equal trip for me. If I'm going to send a boy that's got twelve hundred bucks, why is, is my girl only going is paying for twelve hundred dollars and wrestling one style as opposed to two? You know. So you want your daughter to wrestle Greco next year is what you're saying? Uh, but that's how many of the boys that are wrestling freestyle absolutely. are wrestling Greco? Absolutely. I wish that's a whole other show as well. But absolutely, I think our girls should be wrestling Greco. Passionate subject for Mario for sure. Yes. Yes. Uh, woo. Yeah, Josh Token. Mario and Wolf show right there. <laughs> I'm doing, there's there's no reason that, that they should not be. We we if you actually watch our girls from our state specifically, we're on those legs a little too much. I wouldn't mind some upper body wrestling, some underhooks, some two on ones, some body locks. I think it would add to our game from this state. So I think, I think when you I'm see somebody from an outsider's you know I, I think when you see somebody like Katya go out there and have a lot of success with her upper body, um but not a lot of girls have that kind of experience and that tactile feel to be able to make it work for themselves. But I could see where doing Greco would probably help that. But uh, that goes into like, you know, is our approach the right approach? You know, are we approaching the preparation in the right manner? You know, is moving, I, I don't know, it seemed kind of crazy to me that we moved everything suddenly to Fresno, which I get it. I'm excited that, that we have a D1 program back, you know, another D1 program back in California that brought it back. But was it the best thing to have the, the training camp so far ahead and mix it with the boys and, you know, all these things? I don't, I don't know if necessarily that was the best idea. Um, you know, and Patrick, how do you feel about, you were kind of interested about, the, you know, wrestling the girls every single weekend up until Fargo, you know, are these, are these coaches that wrestle their girls? To me, it seems kind of crazy to wrestle the same girls every single weekend. You're not getting any kind of feel off anything. So, I think Patrick is pretty, you know, passionate that they they're wrestling too much before their their national tournament. Patrick, I agree. Yeah, I hear you. I think not, it's not only too much wrestling; it's too much wrestling American style wrestlers. Hmm. I don't think Japan's I mean, playing in for a weekend tournament. Well, unless they're just staying at your I'm, house. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I could get them to come in, but the the question is 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 are our girls wrestling true international freestyle or are we wrestling a folk style version of freestyle? Mm, I think a lot of girls folk style freestyle because the coaches don't know it. But again, you have coaches that won't allow their girls to train with clubs, you know, and the excuse is typically we don't want to correct bad technique. We don't want uh, to worry about recruiting. We don't want, I mean, and there, some of them are valid points, but at the same time too, it's like, I, Growing up, I mean, Josh, I know you remember going everywhere to wrestle. I remember going to Cerritos College, Mount Sac, Rio Hondo, El Camino. Yeah, I'm that old. El Camino had a program. Um, you know, we go everywhere and train, you know, and a lot of these coaches, I think that's probably a bigger uh, reason why the girls aren't having the success that they could is that they have one coach in their head all year long and they got no variation. They got, they don't have different looks. They, it's, Totally different. And and usually these coaches are the insecure coaches that are trying to protect them because it's the same with boys. Don't, I'm, I'm not picking on girls coaches. You know, the insecure boys coaches don't want their kids going anywhere and, and going to a clinic or go, learning from somebody better. I mean, there's always somebody out there that can show something different. I mean, every time I go to a clinic or camp, still I learn something. If you're not learning something, you're, you're, you're in the wrong business right now. Yeah. I mean, Richard, Valdivia, your daughter, she's high level. I mean, she took third in the state as a freshman. Does she train just with her high school coaches or does she move around? I know she was part-time yeah. working for a while. Um, so we've, we've been just about every high school. Train with, we've got to train with who we can, learn something different from somebody else. Um, hurts. Yeah. So, Mario, what about you? Your daughter? <clears throat> Absolutely uh, as many places as we can get her. Um, the swamp is all she needs. No. <laughs> no. And, and the truth is, especially when it is your own daughter, it's it's good to get her out because sometimes it takes uh, another coach to tell her the exact same thing that you've been telling her. 
Um, she just needs to hear it from someone else that's not dad. And uh, oh, dude, that you know, itself will be another another episode on its own, dude. Uh, and you're absolutely right. And you know what? I don't have it figured out. And if if I'm acting like I do, I don't. But I'm figuring it out as I go. You know, it's it's not a perfect science, and and I know everyone else on this crew has uh, has to deal with the same thing. So, yeah. so what it is. I, mean, I know we have kids kids coming in. Um, I don't really post it out there, but I know like Tim Byers does a good job. He's got a young a young team, but he's he's got a club literally that comes into his room, his wrestling room, and he drives his kids, you know, a half hour with traffic uh, from Santa Ana to Cerritos to get, you know, to get into the room just different looks. And he's like, look, you have the same philosophy. It's just a different voice, you know? So to me, I admired him for that. Um, not a lot of coaches that do that nowadays, but um, let's move on a little bit. Um, this is our first podcast. So we'll just kind of get this under our wing and out of here. Um, Josh, could you drop a little knowledge on uh, how the team was selected this year and how the coaches are selected? I know my understanding from the coaches is it's kind of like a pool. You got to get kind of recommended in and then, uh, you know, I've seen, I've seen, uh, Jordan Humphreys there. I saw, I, there's some guys that I see there that I don't know. And some guys that I've seen that I'm just like, Dude, have they had a lot of success yet? Like, I don't know how they got on the coaching staff so fast. I'm not hating on them. I mean, good for them, but there's some coaches that they put multiple kids on the team, actually qualified them through the tournaments. And you don't see those coaches on there. They, they year in and year out, put multiple girls on the Fargo team. You don't see those coaches on, on, on the coaching staff. You know, you see these other coaches that come in and it's like, okay, we have some. They probably can't afford the trip out there. I don't know that the coaches pay, do they? I'm not sure. I'm, I don't, just, I don't teasing. I'm just teasing. Now, yeah. now, I might be wrong. Someone may correct me on this, but I was under the impression that, that there was only one male coach allowed on staff. So I've heard the same thing before. Only one. As far no. as I know, there should only be one. I'm not saying, you know, I, that's that's what I was told. As I, far I as I was, I was told that. Why, why should there only be one? Exactly. That's my point. Why should there only be one coach? To me, well, you guys are lucky, okay? Because when my daughter started, it was very made very clear from the higher-ups, there would never be a male coach coaching the girls because of that instance that they cited that instance that I told you about earlier, uh, that other state team on the bus. But... And it was tough because you had good coaches. You had, you know, Donnie Stevens. You had, uh, you know, a lot of the top, you know, coaches that, you know, couldn't get on the team. You know, and they, they were state champs. I mean, you look at at that time, it was, um, you know, uh, Justin Maglino had just won state. Uh, Donnie Stevens had won the first two state tournaments, I think, for CIF. And he couldn't get on the, the coaching staff at the time. Not that, I don't know, maybe he didn't want to, but there was other coaches from West Covina that wanted to get on. They couldn't get on, um, but it was always said like there won't be any. There won't be any male coaches on the coaching staff. Then um, uh, the, the the director at that time uh, got replaced. Diane, and had to change. Yeah, Diane. Diane was great. I she uh, she kind of rubbed people the wrong way because she was just very from the hip, you know. But but you knew what was expected of you. You knew what was due. She got emails, and then if you came with a story, it was like tough luck, you know, and, and it was tough, you know, but I knew I grew up with a tough mom, so I guess I could handle uh, tough women, but but Diane was very, very direct. She was very good at keeping the kids in line, uh, you know, a lot of things going on with that, but there was there was kind of a thing that occurred, but won't get into that, but that was the difference. I think at that point, we started to see the dynamics of USA Wrestling and California change because then it was about, you know, Okay, Marcy, I think, took it over, and then um, she stepped down, and Mike Duran took over, and then that was the first uh, male coach on the female staff, so on the female team. Uh, but now, yeah, I mean, before it was told, we were told that we only saw other male coaches in the corners because the coaches were spread thin. It's so many girls that we took that there wasn't enough female coaches, so the male coaches would step in. But now you see these male coaches running practices, running workouts. Uh, you know, doing a lot of things, and I don't know. I've, I've coached boys and I've coached girls, and I've I've coached you know some section champs and stuff uh, for boys and girls, and I I see a difference in the moves that you teach girls and 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 how you tweak them for girls versus boys. I'm not trying to be sexist or anything like that. 
a double is a double, a single is a single. But when you have the mobility in the shoulders and things like that, that some of the females demonstrate, you got to tweak it a little bit. But if you're used to only coaching boys, maybe you're not used to that. Maybe you're not used to those positions. I, I think you're right, Richard, about that. But like, I think as a good coach, you learn to adapt and see what girls can and can't do, especially if you came from the boys' side. Like I know me and Mario did. Uh, before our daughters express an interest in wrestling. Um, but, but do we want them doing that on the fly? Do we want them doing that when they're already in front of the national team? No, but I think that's part of the process of becoming a girls coach. Like, you know, I've been coaching girls now for two years because a little longer than that, but because my daughter's now going to be a junior and I've just been, mm-hmm. you know, but I want my daughter to wrestle like a boy. I don't care who's in her corner whether it's a boy or a girl, I want them to be a good coach. Uh, and we've had this discussion online, offline. I've had this discussion with my parish too about, I think that there's not enough qualified women yet coaches. We're getting very close, but there's not enough qualified women coaches that I feel comfortable with my daughter being coached by, you know, the doys are coming in to coach now. That's a great thing. We got some other girls that are coming back from college, but what are they coming back to? That's the problem. There's no women's. There's not many. There's a couple women's college wrestling. Your, your daughter was coached by a girl at the show of forces. Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, no. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm all about the girls coaching. I think that we need to have a better mentorship. For these girls coming back, um, because coaching is not just teaching a move. Coaching is, you know, structuring practice. Is being able to read the room. It's being able to peak them. It's it's you know some people think harder is better, and that's not always the case when you're that close to Fargo. Um, you know, there's little adjustments. Corner coaching is a totally different art that a lot of coaches don't have the chops for. I've seen. I know. I think. I believe my daughter is one of the one of the better corner coaches, male or female. You know, because she's not going to overwhelm you with a lot of nonsense. She's going to be very calm. She's going to calm you down, tell you what you need, and move on. Some of these coaches, I don't think that they necessarily are great corner coaches. They might be awesome coaches. I don't know them personally, but some of the coaches staff that I see, I question whether or not the corner coaching is really good. And when you talk to some of the girls, they say, yeah, you know, when I, when I leave that corner, I don't feel so great. You know, and that's that's something I think that, we need to work on in terms of developing our, our, uh, our coaching staff. Mario, you have a quick, quick comment on this, Richard, do you I, care I, if it's I, a male or female coaching your daughter? I, I, I disagree with you a little bit on this one, uh, Josh. I think that there are, uh, quite a few, um, already established good women coaches in our state. And I think that there are even more coming in quickly. Um, you know, right off the bat, we have Tiana Camus at Folsom and Angie Vibroni at Del Oro, just up here in the North. And then the 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 group of young uh, uh, California girls that are in college right now that are going to come back, you know, the Alex Hedrick, the Olivia Fisk, the, the these girls that are, that are only in college for a year or two now. Right. By the time that they come back, it's it's going to be a a beautiful thing to see them coaching our high school girls. Um, I think there's 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 a little bit of a of a leadership thing there that no matter how good a, a male coach is we cannot truly relate with them 100%. We might be able to relate with this wrestler 98%, but we cannot truly empathize 100% with these wrestlers the way that this female coach can. And and so me, I mean, I would be happy with the day that we were all replaced with women coaches. That would mean that we did our job, you know? So that's just my, my spiel on this. No, I, I agree with you too, because that's, I think, when women's college basketball, I mean, it's still not men's, I get it, but it got bigger it grew, it's grown since the Pat summits, you know, since, since the women came in, took their, and that's a huge reason why I have to car Montgomery every year uh, as our camp, our camp clinician. You know, we bring in Axel Molina, we brought in Randy Miller, we bring in, you know, we're going to do a female uh, head coaches college combine for the girls. You know, it's super important. These girls see that they're not eventually one day going to be a coach. They want to be, and that they start learning what their coaches are doing so that when they get there, to be you know further ahead all right well we ran enough about that now the selection process i don't think a lot of people know the selection process for uh making the fargo team 
Um, now, as far as I know, just freestyle state, right? Freestyle state. That's it. A lot of people talk yeah. about Western regionals for California. That's not how it is for the girls. Um, no. It's freestyle state. It's top three. And then that's it. But then you hear about the petition process, you hear about other things, and then you look at the list. And like, I don't think a lot of people know there's a petition process. I don't think there's a lot of people that know that you know they could be selected without going to that state tournament because you hear all the time, you have to go, you have to go, you have to go. And then you see these girls on the list and you're like, where did these girls come from? They didn't you didn't they weren't even in the bracket, you know, and it, it kind of feeds into the whole uh, is there a conflict of interest, which you've heard for a, a long time because of special treatment and stuff like that. Josh, what do you think about that? Uh, well, I think maybe if you don't attend the state tournament, you might not know about the petition process, especially if your coach isn't involved in USA wrestling much and just, you know, not traveling with you. But if you go to freestyle state and you place fourth through eight, you get actually a petition paper handed to you Uh and that you get to fill out right then and there and turn back in because if one through three decide they don't have the money, can't go, don't pay their deposit, they go to the next person in that weight class on the list, the next highest placer that wants to go. And then also there's a bunch of spots. I don't know the exact number, but I think there's probably 15 to 20 of open petitions that the state gets, our state, because we're bigger, gets a little more uh, leeway on how many people we actually want to bring. Um, now the coaches have told me that regionals is not a qualifier, but as far as USA wrestling is concerned, and I think you could really fight that battle if you wanted to, and you couldn't make it to freestyle state. That is the number one criteria for petitioning for the state. Is that what they told me? But I think you could fight it, and if you win or take second or third at the regionals, you should be able to go. I don't care what. If not, we got bigger issues. Yeah, I know a lot of people like will take that route because it's easier. It's perceived as easier to, to take top three at those tournaments because there's smaller brackets. We all know that we all of us know at least one coach who will seek out the smallest bracket and say, "Hey, look, you know what? Like we're gonna go here instead of staying in California. We'll drive." even as far as Idaho, you know, and talk about even girls super 32 to say their girls a national champ, you know, they will go the easy route instead of, you know, staying in state and trying to grind it out. But I mean, if, if, if that's what it is, it is what it is. But I think that the state kind of shies against that. The state kind of, you know, they want, I mean, I get it. A state tournament. Yeah. We want, we should have a good state tournament for the girls, but I mean, a subject for another time would be like, do, you, do the girls really like going and being a sideshow for the boys? It's kind of how what it's become. You know, it's, you know, wait all day, wrestle at the very end. It's kind of kind of a kill, you know? And, and another, I know we're just talking about Fargo and all that right now, but later we can talk and ask uh, the expert Valdivia if, you know, going to folk-style state should be a requirement to go. <laughs> the nationals, but we'll ask that in a later time and date. Hey, it's uh, it's not with the California nightmare, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so on onto the coaching process. I went on California USA Wrestling site. We have a director and a development mm. developmental director. So um, those two people. It's Melinda Ripley is a director. Director and Mike Grant is the is a developmental director. Developmental director, but Melinda Ripley is actually on the board. The, the state director, women's director, is actually on the board of California USA Wrestling. And they're one of the elected uh, by the associations. I guess they do a vote and everybody votes for who they want or who petitioned the best or whatever. And they get to be the director. Um, but as far as that, then there's a coaching application. I just saw the first time I've ever seen it on the California USA Wrestling website. Uh, you apply and you need to be nominated by your association director to be on the coaching staff and then they bring it through a process and a vote from that from the director would be melinda or greg chappelle but it goes to melinda because it's the women's side and this is for men and women and then they bring it to one of the directors and they review your resume and then there's a list of criteria including having your bronze or silver usa wrestling card and attending one national trip, one developmental camp, and there's there's a whole list of criteria. 
that goes. Now, who's actually done that process? I don't know. I have a feeling it's you came last time. We want you to come again. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know anybody talk to, talk me, about to me about that whole that process. Then again, I don't know any coaches on the staff, to be honest. Uh, I know some of these coaches aren't even in the state on the girls' side. You know, I think this year, Brittany David, who's in Missouri, uh, coaching at Lindenwood. I don't know if she's had the ability to be able to run around and do that. Uh, the Doys just finished college. I, I don't know them. Patrick, you know them. Did they go through any developmental, you know, coaches camp or anything like that? Uh, I'm not sure, but they were at the Fargo uh, pre-camp in, uh, in Fresno. So at least you got to know the girls. Did they go to the Fresno one and Azevedo? Because I know they're working Azevedo this week, too. Uh, it was my understanding they went to both. Okay. So, yeah. But interesting, to say the least. Um, and, and I think people's biggest gripe, and I think USA Wrestling, too, going back to the team itself, they have to they buy their tickets ahead of time. They got to get rid of them. And I hear a lot of people complaining, oh, you know, you see a lot of one club on there, girls who didn't wrestle but are on the team. But I think when you don't, have petitions you go with what you know and coaches are going to go with people that they know make phone calls stuff i know i've gotten phone calls hey is everybody at this weight you know because they got to get the ticket you know so that happens too but um this goes on to our next topic then is fargo money well spent it's 1200 bucks okay for we'll get into the fargo versus other tournaments later but as a as it stands currently, um, you know, I know we struggled with, with getting my daughter there. And if it wasn't for the grace of very good friends, we probably wouldn't be able to get her there. Uh, but it's expensive. It's very expensive. And, uh, you know, and even at the, um, we had USA Wrestling at CIF State. You know, we set up a room and had people asking a Q&A. And uh, Rob Valario was there. Mike Duran was there. Melinda Ripley was there. Um, and they were asking questions, and Rob said it. He goes, you know what, Fargo's not for everybody. You know, maybe you're better off spending that money going to camps and developing yourself. It's not for everybody. You know, that might hurt our chances of winning a national title with not having as many of those girls there, but I kind of think he's right. It's not for everybody. You see some people on the list, you're like, I hope they run into some scrubs on the way because they didn't look so good during the season. Maybe they got better, but didn't look as good. What do you guys think? I don't know. I think we should ask Josh. He's only at one that has a daughter that's over there right now. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about it, Josh? And no, I, I've been... Hold on. Did you get part of this group? Did what? Did, did you have to have a daughter to be a part of this group? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you you have two, Patrick. Yeah. You're in it twice as much. Hey, Josh. Um... I, I think I've been I've been debating it a lot. I think the experience is priceless. So to put a price on anything, whether it be Body Bar, Fargo, any opportunity I can send my daughter somewhere to go get that big, huge atmosphere, whether it's Reno Worlds or Fargo or wherever, is priceless. Now, I know people complain about the price. I complain about the price. Um, do I think it's the best value in the world? No, not really. But I still think it's worth it. Um, when she gets back, I'll, I'll let you know if it's even more worth it or not. But, um, you know, I think that to go and, you know, wrestle that big venue, especially if this is her, you know, she couldn't make it last year cause she was in the hospital. So this is, and then you have three months really from the time you qualify to get all your money in. So it's, you know, you can fundraise and, you know, sell guns or whatever you need to do um, to fundraise. But, you know, whether it's a GoFundMe, people get really mad about those. And I, I see them all the time. But I understand it. I wish my daughter would have taken the initiative and did a GoFundMe. Instead, she went to GoDaddy. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think, yeah, there's a lot of plans that could be done, a lot of avenues to raise money nowadays. I mean, we host tournaments to get girls where they need to be. You know, we flew out to Utah tournament to get one of our girls from Utah out to Sweden. Uh, you know, we try to do what we can to help our kids, but yeah, it's expensive. And especially if you have more than one kid, 
I mean, Patrick mentioned the Doys. But can you imagine being Gene Doy and having this paid twice? And USA Wrestling doesn't give you a break even if your daughters are national champs? That seems crazy to me. Like, you, you got to spend full price. Well, I think now they give a, some of a discount. But if you're yeah. a national champ. You get $500 off for a national champ. I think they get 500 Or maybe it's, yeah, 500 But you get to choose not. It's either Folk Style Nationals or Fargo. You get that off. Yeah. Hey, so, Josh. Your daughter's over there right now. How is she liking the experience over there? Um, she's not exactly thrilled, but you know, it's, it's different for her. So my daughter's, she, she likes comfort. I'm not there is the first big tournament she's ever been to that I'm not there. So she's not, uh, digging a lot of stuff. She, you know, I, I mean, some of the accommodations aren't great. There's no AC. There's yeah, no, I mean, no AC. The cafeteria is only open certain times. And if your workouts during the time the cafeteria is open, you're not eating that night or you're going to some CVS or wherever else and getting something to eat. So is that a problem for the team yet? I mean, have they run into any issues with that? Uh, the first day. Yeah. <laughs> the first day they, they missed a couple meals because they didn't have IDs. So uh, they could, meals? they were cutting weight anyway. So, you know, it's kind of, so Jeez. wait, 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 what time was their first meal of the day? Let's be a little specific here. Yeah. Let's get into this a little bit more. Yeah, did they eat at the beginning of the day and starve the rest of the day, or did they uh, eat at they the got in at one in, They got in at 1 in the morning, whatever day that was. Uh -huh. thir Thursday night, Thursday, maybe? Thursday morning, yeah. yeah. Friday morning at 1 a.m. Then they woke up like 7-ish for a workout, and then they went to go stand in line for the – so they missed breakfast. Then they went and stood in line for two and a half hours to get their IDs in order to get – everywhere and missed lunch and so their first meal officially was at dinner time dollars <laughs> <laughs> can't even eat but i mean she did make weight so that's a good thing <laughs> hey Josh, is it just bad that's a glass half full dad if i've ever seen one is it just bad planning on getting the airline tickets because correct me if i'm wrong wasn't Going to Oklahoma from LA to Oklahoma, that was awesome. Yeah, say, say that again about it. I remember that was a funny timing, too. Yeah, it was we got in at like three in the morning. <laughs> That's bad, bad planning. Yeah, and I, I think we could save a ton of money. This is all hindsight. I think we could save a ton of money for I think I could fly into Minneapolis for $150 round trip. And it's a four-hour drive. So what versus I think it was a seven hundred-dollar flight or six something to fly to like uh, Minneapolis and then over to Fargo. Like when you're having when, when you're having California wrestling defense, though, they gave everybody that option, right? They gave them the option to buy their own tickets this year. They did. They did. So, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends. I mean, if you're the kind of parent that is okay with your kid flying by themselves, or you're flying with your kid. Yeah, and if, if I'm not going, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to go or not financially, so I wasn't going to send her to Minneapolis and then try to get her an Uber from Minneapolis to North Dakota. Yeah, so that that's the other side of it, too, in, in their defense. But, yeah, it, it does sound like some poor planning went on if the kids didn't eat that, that day. And there's really no way for them to stop somewhere and go get something to eat for the morning, you know. So, that's yeah, that's pretty bad. That's not good. Um, anyhow, moving on. Um, so we've covered pretty much all that Fargo stuff, the ranking, or so we're going to move on to the rankings. I don't know if you guys noticed, but, um, people always say like rankings don't mean anything. And, and I kind of, uh, I kind of agree with that, you know, rankings don't mean anything, but at the same side too, rankings do mean something. I mean, I can remember being a kid and running to get the Orange County register to see who was ranked first in Orange County. You know, and it was kind of a way to, to go after somebody or get a match and, um, you know, even chase down people. I mean, for for some people, too, it could be a college thing. You know, if you're a coach or you're, you're an athlete and you're like, hey, look, you're only giving me 30 percent. I'm the fifth ranked girl in the country. OK, you know, you might be able to get a couple more bucks out of it. You know, you see some. I mean, I, I had a big issue. For, for a couple of reasons. Number one, Cheyenne Bowman, who is our world team representative, is ranked third. 
Like, and the excuse I was given was, well, she only went to one national tournament. Well, excuse me if I'm wrong, but the one she went to qualified her for the world team. That's should be the standard, right? I mean, and, and it looks like they're combining folk style and freestyle results. And I mean, the second issue I had was that we had a girl who took out a girl who was a national champion in folk style, beat her by eight points. Then we went on and beat a world silver medalist, Alara Boyd, you know, in you know, pretty quick fashion in the first period we pinned her. And she did, you know, it was pretty fast match. It was pretty much a one move match. So we still got ranked behind this girl. I shouldn't say we, she did. She's the one who does the work. She's the one who steps on the mat. Her coaches are the ones who, who you know, we, we get her a couple times a week. But, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of weird to me that our world team representative and head-to-heads don't matter. What do you guys think? Hey, I got a question. Yeah. Do, uh, do Greco matches count towards men's freestyle or folk style rankings? Um, I believe they do. I mean, the situation where you had, let's say, like a Garrett Lowney at the University of Minnesota, was an Olympic bronze medalist in uh, Greco. He was ranked really high in the NCAA level, even though he didn't have any leg attacks. You know, and he was coming in as a freshman. Am I right about that, Josh? Yeah. I, Patrick, are you asking about like high school rankings, like the flow, who's number one, pound for pound, those kind of things? Do those? Yeah. Well, it, yeah, and I think that's part of the girls is not developed enough where I think it does matter, right? But they have class rankings in, in flow and all those. They Every class of 2020, 21, 22, 23, that um, I would at least like to see cadet and junior rankings separated out a little bit and then maybe a, an all-class one for the girls. It would be kind of neat because it's hard to compare, you know, a Gracie Figueroa and a Cheyenne Bowman. It might be a one-point match, but the accomplishments of Gracie as of right now were so much higher than, you know, Cheyenne. And it's not one's – well, one is better than the other on paper, so she would be ranked higher at that weight class, you know, for that particular scenario. Yeah, I, I, mean, I guess I just don't understand why two different sports get mixed together to get a ranking. Um, yeah. I mean, freestyle, folkstyle, folkstyle. Yeah, and, and you have national tournaments for both of them, so I don't understand why you would, why you would have, wouldn't have a separate one. Some girls, I mean, you had somebody like an Aaron Simpson, you know, who, you know, was an okay folkstyle guy, but he was a better freestyle guy, you know, back in the day. So, yeah, it doesn't always translate, you know. Hey, how many uh, beers have you had so far? <laughs> Only like five or eight. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I mean, should head-to-heads matter? I mean, I mean, do you just overlook head-to-head because this girl is an established wrestler? So, a head-to-head doesn't matter there. Like, okay, you no, beat her once a while. Head-to-head should absolutely matter. I think that should that should be the first criteria. Um, but in cases that there is no head-to-head, wrestling math is difficult. You can't base this ranking because this girl beat this girl at this tournament, but this girl beat this girl here. That's difficult stuff to deal with. So I kind of feel like if there's not a head-to-head, you kind of have to look at who's gone to more national tournaments, which isn't the most fair way to do it, but I kind of think it's the only only route you can go if there's not a head-to-head. I had this issue too because I was like, well, look, you know, why, why Why? does the ranking have to go back? It should be this year. Look, this year, you didn't go to these ma- these tournaments. You're not ranked this year. That's it. There's no like, oh, well, you would have been, you would have beaten these girls underneath you. Look, you know, I told my wrestler who's in the finals in Irvin, I said, look, or when, even when she's facing that cadet silver medalist, look, that girl has a name because you weren't here. You know, that's just it. You know, and if you don't show up, how do you get ranked for not showing up? I had the same problem with, with CIS rankings, you know, California high school season. You know, like, how are you letting somebody sit on a, a ranking? You can't let them, you shouldn't let them sit on a ranking, wrestle. You know, and if you're going to tell, you know, a girl on our team, hey, you didn't wrestle, so you don't, you don't, your, your wins don't count. Well, it's okay for this girl, though, to miss tournaments because she didn't wrestle, but what she did before counted. No, it's this year. Going on this year, head to head's got to matter. And the rankings are based for this year. You know, that's just my opinion. I don't know. And and Bowman going out and thrashing the field. And no disrespect to anybody that she's wrestled. Zero. You put your toe on the line. It takes a lot to do that. But Bowman 
has not had a close match with anybody with who's not named Gracie Figueroa. All yeah. right. She is like, and I'm oh, sorry, sorry, correction. Alex Lyles also beat her on a correct throw. So good job, Alex Lyles. But those are the only two girls that could say they've beaten Cheyenne Bowman this year. And the girl is ranked number three, which I think is just a travesty. And I don't care if you think rankings don't matter. If you want this sport to grow, you got to start doing things the right way. You got to start laying the foundation now so we don't got to play catch up later. Ramos, what two girls are ahead of her? Uh, let me pull it up for you guys. Hang on a second. Well, three is th three is. I mean, yeah, it's she's probably the best girl in the country. Let's let's be honest here. But a three isn't a slap in the face. That's not a. It's not a shitty ranking. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. it, it would be more of a travesty if she was still ranked three after this. And well, especially if she's got wins over both those girls. If she's got head to head over the one and two girls, then you know what? That is some some bullshit. But. If uh, if there is no head-to-head, -head, you know, she's a freshman. I, I, I get it, you know, but you're right. After Fargo, there shouldn't be much of a question, especially after she goes and wins juniors tomorrow. The other thing that's really hard with girls is, is that I have an issue with is the weights are so off kilter. Like, they're ranking these girls two and three weight classes above or below where they're actually wrestling. And I know it's hard because sometimes they'll wrestle up and then they'll go back down, whatever. But – I mean, they're like way off base. At least call the coach or ask for somebody to do corrections or something. I don't know. Yeah. Let's see here. I'm sorry. I'm just pulling up the rankings. Uh, hey, so speaking of weight classes, while we're waiting on uh, Richard over there, um, something for a future episode. What do you think about bringing back that 97, 98-pound weight class in California? Nah, it's too small, man. Not enough people in there. Dude, lots of other states run it. Texas runs it. Hawaii runs it. I mean, good, good states. Good think, wrestlers are there. I, I, I think the uh, I think the senior level should bring back uh, should bring uh, 44, 46 kilograms because uh, I, I know two ladies. I just I just spent three weeks in Japan with two ladies that would be uh, loving it on the world level right now. It kills Victoria Anthony. <clears throat> yeah, they, wrestling up that weight is, is small. Small. There's plenty. There's plenty of of under a hundred pound women in the, in the world that are great wrestlers did well in, uh, in cadets and, and juniors and never grew enough to, to, to make it at that 50 kilogram. Uh, and because USA offers that a uh, USA wrestling offers that 94 pound cadet weight class for the girls. I mean, it's really a no brainer to offer that 97 pound in high school in California. Well, we'll get we have, you know, the cadet boys have an 84 pound weight class. Yeah. That's, I mean, you got a cadet boy that's eighty-four. Look at the brackets. I mean, you got to look at the size of the brackets to see if you're even feeling it. I mean, the, the, I mean, I, you got to see how many have that before we can say that. Okay, so I got the rankings. So one twenty-seven, Michaela Beck is one. Uh, clear one. What's that? Michaela Beck is probably the cool one. She's on the world senior tour right now. So yeah, she made to she made the finals of the U.S. Open and lost to uh, Alex. Had, well, I don't, was it the U.S. Open or yeah, was it? Was, it uh, she lost to Hedrick. She was in the finals at Body Bar and lost to Alex Hedrick. I know for sure because I was there. Okay. Um, then you got uh, so Sochi Mota Pettis from Texas. That's the girl that won folk style. The folk style in Oklahoma. I know that. Okay. She's Jack. She's the one that beat uh, 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 Caitlin, Caitlin uh, Cardenas from Corona in the finals of Folks That's the girl who beat her. Texas? The Texas girl? Yeah. Yeah. I just. 15 girls, 94 pound weight class. How many girls? 16? 1-5. 15? At Fargo? Hey, yeah. hey, Patrick, you missed a spot over there. Can you get that little, those that, those leaves over there? Hey. My kids are dropping shit everywhere. It's it's so hard not to say the joke I want to say right now. Okay, anyhow. <laughs> hey. Let um, it go, Ramos. Let it go. We're not talking politics. Okay, so. <laughs> all right, fellas. Well, that's all I got for our topics. Um... Thank you guys for showing up. I appreciate it. Uh, this is the first go. We apologize to everybody for the rough cut. Uh, we're 
moving towards an actual official podcast. So um, we're getting all that set up, but we just got a little ants in our pants and decided to just jump in and try to get this done, uh, you know, on the fly. So I think it came out all right. Not so bad of a train wreck, except for Patrick out there taking my cousin's job. Guys, got any recommendations on guests? Yeah, um, guests, topics, okay. guests and topics. And also, like, I think we should do one about the new ham new breed of hammers coming in. We all know. I mean, Valdez uh, knows a couple. Mario knows a couple. Patrick yeah. knows a couple. Ramos Jennifer knows Soto, a boy. I mean, Remember that name. Ahmed Elor. Good God. Yeah, there's some hammers coming in. It's, there's definitely some hammers coming in. It's, it's getting tougher and tougher every year, that's for sure. Tell your lightweights to get bigger. Because them <laughs> lightweights that are coming in, boy, they're hammers. Dude, they're so hammers. Dude, they are. Yeah, there's some young, really good talent coming in. And it's it's good for California. I mean, makes it difficult for other states to compete. But, I mean, it depends, too, though. Some of these girls might decide to skip it. I know Seminary has been talking to a couple of the big hammers from California trying to get them out there if the rumors hold true. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really tough. I mean, we could talk about that. We could talk about, I mean, topics that are probably a little bit taboo. You know, maybe we don't name names. So, so, so I, got a, I got a question for you, and you don't even have to answer. We can answer it on the next podcast. Do you think uh, super schools or seminary, things like that, are, are good for the sport of, of women's wrestling or bad? Bad. It's, it's the same thing as when you have some programs that take everybody. They take all the good girls from their area, and it, they don't thrive. You know, it's basically like, well, we got the best here. And if you can't hack it here, then, oh, well, you're out of the pool anyways, and we're going to go on and win our titles. That happens, you know, and it's unfortunate. And I think it stifles growth. So it might help those individual wrestlers that are their top girls at those schools, but no, I don't, I don't, I don't personally think it is. I, I, you know, I know we're kind of running out of time here, but I would, I would kind of argue the opposite to where I actually think it, it builds excitement in the community. You give them something to cheer for. You give the wrestling community something to cheer for. You have a powerful team like that. People cheer for it. You know, we've got people on the other side of the country cheering for Team Selma because they're a bunch of hitters. They want them to go out there and win everything, you know. And so I don't see a problem with Seminary or other teams doing this 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 super team kind of thing. I think we need some all-stars for people to cheer for to grow the sport. So you think that Penn State running away with a team title every year, Iowa in the 80s, running away with a team title every year with them not having a rival they don't even have a rival it's just who's taking second you think that, well, that bring match it, it, i know quite if, a few iowa fans that are going to argue with you about that right now <laughs> right it, now it grew, iowa, it grew iowa but it didn't grow cal state fullerton it didn't grow fresno it didn't grow ucla it didn't grow See, I, I think uh, how I, I many think fans in uh, in in we're we're in Northern California. How many gold or I am at least? You how are many Golden team. State fans now are out there because of this new uh, Golden State team? Believe me, five seven years ago, you didn't see no Golden State hats out here in Sacramento, and it's changed now. Why? Because everybody wants to cheer for someone. So <laughs> you put you let a super team Wyoming <laughs> Seminary. Let, let's say they craft a badass high school team in theory, and they go out and they start start exhibitioning and beating some 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 college teams or you know some international uh, uh, Canadian teams. You know what I mean? We're all going to start cheering for that. It gives us something to get behind, and I think that's going to incur growth. Hey, Mario. <laughs> You're, you're saying like that's that's going to grow. It'll grow it for their area, for their fans. But when you're taking girls from other states, if you took Gracie and Aleda out of California and you took, you know, Kirsten Bush out of Utah and you took Stefana out of Arizona. You're telling me there's people in other states that don't cheer for the Gracies and the Aledas because they're, they're still USA? No, but what I'm saying is that if you take those people out of their state where it's growing, okay, Kirsten Bush... Uh, Sage Mortimer, those girls are growing wrestling in Utah. If you take them out of Utah, you know, even um, Haley Cox, she grew wrestling in Utah. You take them out of Utah, and now coaches who never supported girls wrestling don't see good girls wrestling. They don't. They they continue to not support it. You see young girls that don't have the that don't have the opportunity to see good girl wrestling and aspire to be that girl. You take it out of Utah, you're gonna kill that area. 
That's you know what? You actually, you actually make a great point with that. You do. The, in those smaller states, it really could hurt by taking taking those those stars out. However, let's just play the devil's advocate here on that. If I'm a father in one of those small states, you know, um, um, and I want my daughter to get the most opportunity to put her in the best position in, in a, in a school like seminary wants her. You have a soul patch and you're a father and you, whatever. Whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if I'm a father in one of those states that, that my daughter doesn't have opportunity, you know, out here in California, we're spoiled. We get tournaments every weekend to choose from. But if, if we're in Utah or Montana or Wyoming or one of these states where, where my daughter's forced to wrestle boys all year and maybe get one girls tournament all season and seminary hits them up and gives them an opportunity to, hey, we can go wrestle girls every weekend. I, I don't fault that. And I don't think, I think that's growing. I mean, I think that's providing opportunity for more girls to wrestle other girls. I don't think forcing them to wrestle boys in these States is the proper way to go about it. I think I, I, you're crossing a subject, but I agree with you in that. I don't think growing girls wrestling is making them wrestle boys and waiting for the numbers to come up. I think giving them their own is what I, sure. I've coached in the Southern section. I've coached in the LA city section. I don't have a lot of good things to say about the LA city section. When I, my, my experience but I will say this, they did a phenomenal job when they separated and did not allow girls to wrestle boys because then their numbers exploded. And it was on a parental issue side because parents don't want their daughter getting broke by boys. They don't want to they don't want to think about those things. Uh, the girls feel like it's an even playing field and they see that girl across the mat and they're like, I can take her, you know, and it, it, it motivates them, you know. But if you take away the model that they have, you don't grow. You know, and it sucks because somebody's always going to have to pay. Either the 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 girl who stays behind and grows it in her area suffers because she doesn't get to go out and really meet her right. potential because she's not getting the opportunity. So I see that, but it's a greater good situation, and that's really what I'm about. I'm about the greater good. If it, but I, I've never, I didn't have that kid that everybody in the nation was chasing. You know, which is what seminary can get. Um, yeah. You know, I had a, a tough wrestler, but I didn't have the best wrestler. So it w I don't I don't understand that part. But I do believe that if you keep them there and you give them their own, it's going to grow. And that's why we do what we do. That's why you started doing what you did with your Clash of the Crown. You know, that's why we do the Girls College Combine. That's why we do a lot of things because we want it to grow. But if we only focused on that 1%, I mean, let, uh, I hate that we even got into the subject. But... <laughs> Uh, to be continued. It, it, yeah, yeah, we're going to have to because it, it, with your mindset, okay, Rich, Rich, your daughter wrestled for Titan Mercury, right? She's the only girl in your area, right? No, there's other girls, but there's, she's the only girl on the team right now, yeah. Yeah, okay, so there's other girls, but she's the best, so Titan Mercury had her under their wing. Josh, your daughter, the best at her school, okay, under Titan Mercury's wing. Now, they're, they're with them. You know, those are the only girls that are going to get attention. Okay, now you have these other girls that are there at the school and they're like, well, what's going on? Like, why don't I, why can't I be a part of that team? Why can't I? And it's like, yeah, you can't take everybody, but sometimes keeping it home grows it a little bit more, you know? So maybe, and not just the number of girls, also support, you know, the coaches realize like, oh my God, these girls, I can remember uh, Cheryl and Sabato over at Laguna Hills High School. Laguna Hills was adamant. They would not have a girl wrestler. And Sherilyn Sabato was Hold on, here's, here's a trivia question. Who did they who did Laguna Hills miss out on because they were so adamant about not having a girl wrestler? Valdivia, you might know this. Yeah, I don't go see anymore. Phone <laughs> a friend? It's who you wrestled in the state semis. Oh really? Yeah. Rory Corsic. Oh, that's right, because she's, I think, uh, her fans her come out. sister goes to Laguna Hills High School, and uh, uh, Dan called down to Laguna Hills, and they said, nope, we don't want girls. We don't want to have any girls. Who remember yeah. that? She's third in the state her freshman year. Wow. Hey, Laguna Hills. Genius, bro. Genius. Genius. <laughs> yeah. So... I mean, hey, Poway had the first four-time girl state champion in their room, and they would not support her. Can you guys name that girl? LaFrancis? Alicia LaFrancis? Alyssa LaFrancis. I said it first, fuckers. 
So, all right, fellas. Well, before we go off on another topic, I'm going to say thank you, guys. I'm going to thank my boy, Customs. Look at those bad boys. He didn't pay me for this. I have not worn these yet because they are too pretty. Just gonna they'll fall apart. Look at that. Awesome. California. Look at that. You know that paint be chipping, though. That is a neat California, but I don't know about that. Writing over the top of California kind of yeah, yeah, he even highlighted LA right there. You see that? And he did that freehand, baby. And this was my pop socket on a picture. Look at that. America, baby. Awesome. You guys are mad. Anyhow, anybody you guys want to give a shout out to? I took the helm. Congrats to all the girls at Fargo that placed. Yeah. Good job, girls. Congrats. We'll do an update after juniors come in a few days. Uh, juniors weigh in tomorrow at five and they start wrestling um tuesday morning mm -hmm. girls so super excited for that uh, juniors i think they're gonna see a lot of fun because i always want to see those cadets that won and how they do against the juniors that's always a good time but anyhow all right and then those and then those uh girls that were cadets last year that won it i want to see how they do it juniors this year and shout out to my girl jasmine clark about to hit the repeat this year yeah that the girl that you jacked at uh at uh, Oklahoma and caught a lot of heat for. Is that the one? Mm -hmm. The New York? No. The New York? No, that's Mia Macaluso. Hey, shout out to Mia Macaluso. Winning. So so now she's got two national titles under her belt. Oklahoma and uh, and now Fargo. And let's go see her win it again at the junior tomorrow. It's going down. She calls me Coach Mario with that East Coast accent. <laughs> Much love. Coach Coach <laughs> I hate to be called Spanish. Oh, you're a, that Spanish coach from California. <laughs> <laughs> coach Mario. I'm like, all right, I'll take it. I'll take it. Jeez. I'll take it. So good luck to my girls out there. Somar select girls, uh, Heaven Jerez, Kirsten Bush, Brooklyn Logan, uh, Sammy Snow got, I think she got hurt. So I hope she's feeling better. Journey Frazier's out there. Uh, yeah. Heaven's my girl too. So, yeah, all my girls out there, former Somar girls, Katia Osteen, uh, Stefana, they're still, they're always going to be Somar girls. All, all the California girls, man, let's go, let's get it. Go put it down, show them why we're the best. Heck yeah. Oh, Kayla Ramirez also, Ramirez family. Hey, family. That's good, good people right there. Good people, man. All right, guys, good people. you guys have a good night. Right. I'm going to send this out with our, with our song here. See ya.